0: You are listening to a Radio 1 production, brought to you by HT Smartcast.
1: This is Minding My Business, the CEO story, with Ramesh Menon and Rishi K.
2: Radio 1. Hello, I know if you're a cricket fan, you're probably heartbroken that India didn't make it into the business end of the ICC T20 World Cup. But welcome to a show that keeps it happy on the business front. It's Minding My Business, the CEO story. I'm Rishi K, and say hello to the CEO of Fever Network and Radio One, my co-host, the one and only Ramesh Menon.
1: Hi, 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 Rishi. Uh, but uh, you know, actually speaking of cricket uh, from a business perspective, I think uh, BCCI made sure they pulled off a tournament as as host with a little help, of course, from the, their friends in the US. Way So kudos to them, uh- with that, uh, it's it's time to get down to business, literally. Uh, our guest today is someone who started his career as a teacher and moved up the ranks into a leadership role and today is CEO of a global higher education company.
2: Yes, Ramesh, and he's really carved a name for himself in the pedagogy and MOOC space. For those of you living under a rock, MOOC is M-O-O-C or Massive Open Online Courses. In fact, another first here is that he's our very first guest from the edtech sector on Minding My Business, the CEO story. Please welcome Arjun Mohan, CEO of India at UpGrad. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, thanks, Rishi, and thanks, Ramesh, for that introduction. I am, I mean, interesting to know that I am the first person from EdTech in the runtime at SN these days, but
1: yeah. Hi, hi, hi Arjun. Uh, great to have you on the show. And, and let's start. Uh, let me start with the bigger picture. There's been, like you said, you know, there's, there's lots of uh, EdTech companies now, and, the, and there's literally a lot of buzz around EdTech itself. So let's just talk about, uh, you know, Upgrad's portfolio and, and global expansion plans. Tell us what uh, you have about it.
0: Yeah, so we are an upskilling company without uh, telling much more on it. We are in the higher ed space. So if you look at years together, Indian EdTech has always been a K-12 story. Frankly speaking, that's because of the numbers. There are 250 million school-going students in India and K-12 try to cater to all of them. Higher ed was always the little brother whom nobody really cared to uh, look at. But Ever since the pandemic, ever since the lockdown, this has come come to the forefront in a big way. One part is that we cater to around 100 million professionals in the country. And second is that rather than being a supplementary player in K-12, higher ed actually is the formal education. Especially with the new education policy coming in, now there is absolutely no difference between doing a BBA, MBA course online or going to a university and doing it. So in um, the view of the future of education in a country like India where uh, people start working very early and it's so important especially for the lower middle class to start earning money as early as possible. Uh, The way we are looking at this, this is a game changer for our country as a whole where we provide options to people to learn while they earn. That's a unique proposition which we think will make us globally competitive as a nation. So that's what we do. We do multiple courses which skills the people in the new age skill sets like data science, Management, analytics, digital marketing, so on and so forth. We also do quite a few hybrid courses where we provide the cost effective solutions to do part of their courses online and then do the remaining part offline in an international university, which allows them even to migrate if that is what they want to. Yeah. So in a nutshell, this is what we
2: do. Arjun, as a as a media wala, I'm really excited when I sample any new campaign. And as you would know, your founder, Ronnie Scruvala and me have dear mates. In fact, Ronnie is Arena myself. Uh, go back a couple of decades. And and I remember when when Ronnie launched the, the MBA brand campaign, when Upgrad launched that, I was really excited to see that. So for people who don't know the MBA brand campaign, give us the lowdown on that, Arjun.
0: Yeah. So Rishi, yesterday only Ronnie spoke to me about you. We were having some discussion where he told, and in between he said that Rishi always ensures that I do some promo lines when I go into his show. So he's also a business marketer alongside, whatever he does. But anyway, so
2: yeah, you know the Parsi business brain, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's forwarded, forwarded you on the promos, exactly. Yeah, go ahead.
0: yeah. so uh, the MBA campaign has its genesis from our identification of problems faced by working professionals, so we talk to tons and tons of people every day. The number of calls we make on a daily basis is around 27,000 and we speak to around 6,000-7,000 people on a daily basis. So a lot of our new ideas, a lot of our new programs comes out from the heart-to-heart conversation we have with working professionals where they tell us saying that I have this problem. So one of the things which we have always observed is that working professional keeps coming back to us whenever there is a crisis in their life. A promotion which never happened although they were expecting it a hike which they thought is coming sometimes even a girl who proposed proposed and 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 rejected because that guy did not have a degree (laughs) so one point which we kept on hearing is that year after year when I'm working I know that I need an MBA I need to be specialized in management but every year the cost of leaving the job and going and doing it is becoming more and more risk uh, prevalent. This is the proposition we worked with, and that was the whole idea of creating an online MBA from top universities, giving the same exposure, same understanding, same upskilling, which any MBA worldwide can provide, and that, of course, comes with the opportunities post MBA also. But at the same time, will not force you to leave your job. So that's been the genesis of the product. See, every campaign comes out of the USPs of the product you build, right? Because it comes from a consumer insight. And the campaign comes out of the same. So in the campaign, we basically picturize a true story which we have heard from a professional who kept on delaying his upskilling uh, decision and suddenly one day he finds out that a junior right down in his company has got that prospective outstation uh, project which he always wanted to have and like the signature uh, upgrade way of doing things with a little bit of humor. We picturize the same situation at the airport where they meet accidentally. And the entire conversation happening in front of his wife. Which is <laughs> more uh, of a problem. <laughs> so, so this is what the campaign is about. We are trying to communicate to our customers that don't delay this decision. It's not really tough. Yes, you may have to put in an hour or two extra every day. But that's the time you waste on your mobile. Use it to upskill. It's just a year or two, it's just a year now, and then you will see these opportunities coming to you. So that's what the campaign is all about, where we call out the unique proposition DS Upgrad
1: is able to provide with our partners absolutely don't delay the decisions upgrade yourself Uh, you know related to that is really career transitions right I mean that's really what you're talking about Uh, it's become very cool now everyone's talking about it Uh, and I believe upgrade has successfully sort of enabled lots of these career transitions we'd like to know more uh, Arjun.
0: Yeah so Ramesh, one part we were always clear about is that uh, an individual in India upskills or comes and takes a degree because they want a life transformational experience and when I say life transformational it's basically a better job at the end of it that that's the truth of our country. We are we are not people who go out and do a course for the sake of knowledge. We really do it because we need an outcome. And that's what as an organization we stood for. We always did an end-to-end work where we... When we start a course, we ask them what's the kind of object you're looking at. Is it a transition into a different domain? That's a new job. Is it an acceleration promotion in the same domain you're working in? Or is it that you need better projects, professional confidence? So our platform allows you to put this outcome and then allows us to track the skill set, to take it to where they want to do it. So that's what we stood for as a result of which we have been very, very successful in providing the outcomes our customers or learners have asked us. The statistics, and this is verified by Deloitte, and that's what comes out in our ad also, audited, verified by Deloitte. The 5 out of 6 learners who come and do our courses get the outcome they are looking at. We have an NPS tracker, which we do after every course, and it is the same data which was verified by the auditors. So that's what we stand for and that's what we keep talking about. The statistics is so good so, so, uh, good to be true that I've been getting comments on social media saying that this is all flack and our team has been responding to it with the LinkedIn profile of the customer saying that see this is the customer you can check it for yourself so, see, I, uh, we are sitting in a world where everyone is claiming things, right? I mean, we are sitting in a world where a crypto company is going out and calling their uh, account as a fixed deposit account. So, I can understand that where people are coming from, but fact of the matter is that this is what is happening and we are confident about doing it. Last quarter, we had around 1250 transitions where we did this. There are much more transitions which keeps on happening because the learners does it themselves. But this is what we stand for and we ensure that every want at least get all the help from us for the dream job they are looking at. Getting it is finally their own caliber but we will take care that their caliber is built to as best state as possible.
2: Arjun, I'm a little intrigued while organizations in several sectors continue to swing the axe uh, on jobs to deal with the current situation. Upgrad, on the other hand, is doubling its employee base to capitalize on the boom in the ed tech space. So what are your top business and talent priorities in the coming months? If you just look at at, the next few months as a window.
0: Sure. So, see, as as I told you earlier also, right, in the the, the domain we work is post K-12. We try to work with a learner who is post K-12, whether he is bachelors, masters, all the way till doctorates and try to help them upskill to improve their life. That's what we do. Right. Uh, our focus for years together has been building a learning experience for the working professionals. What we are seeing is that the same mentality is now reflected by multiple other adjacent streams also. For instance, the the bachelor's market now wants similar kind of outcome, right? With, especially with the new education policy coming in. So that degree business is another focus we have got. We are seeing that more and more people, uh, especially the ones who are not able to crack the top ranks in the JEs or the medical entrance, is now looking at going and studying abroad as an option. They know that they will get a much better lifestyle outside India, which they have lost out or which will take many years in India because they couldn't come in the first rank of it. So even though they don't have that crore to go to spend to go out, there are a large number of people who are wanting to do it, which is the whole idea behind the creation of study abroad business, where we are giving them an option to go abroad and study at a fraction of their cost because we do it hybrid, partially online and partially offline. So that's the third stream of business. Fourth stream is uh, we do a lot of work with universities now. Most of the universities want to go online and they want a partner who can help them. So there is a large scale SaaS business and a hybrid business we are running uh, with multiple universities across the country. What we try to do with all these businesses is we try to provide an end-to-end experience. So we have for the jobs part, for the placements part, we have a dedicated team which helps all these set of employees, or all these set of learners to find jobs of their caliber, their level. Uh, This is literally a subsidiary of it's called as a recruit it was a recruitment firm now we have acquired them and they are 100% subsidy. they completely focus on the placement and the outcome bit of it so this is the the entire gamut of things which we are doing
1: so so uh, on the recruitment front you know obviously it's a it's a new business but uh, you obviously wear two hats one of course for recruiting your own teams and the other to build a, a talent pool of upgraded learners from yeah. where other companies obviously can source uh, talent yeah. so how are Upgrades programs sort of differentiated to make uh, learners job ready, more employable or what have you.
0: Yeah. So there are two parts to it. Uh, first of all, uh, one part, one thing which we have identified or realized very early is that, um, uh, like Rishi said, it is just not a MOOC story, right? Getting content is something which you can get it for free. Right, but education is not that. Education, upskilling, training is a lot about developing a discipline. It requires close handholding. It requires a peer group working with you. So a lot of social aspect comes into it, right? Which is the reason why we say that we don't compete with any of the move platforms like Coursera, right? If they are a library, we are a university. That is the difference, and that is the reason. If you today, if you look at it, a move platform has got a two percent completion rate. We have a. completion rate for our courses. So that is a big difference that sits there. So number one is our platform. The the whole learning platform is planned in such a way that the students get the real outcome on all the facts or the hard uh, courses they study. Second is that see a student finally as I mentioned earlier also is looking at a transition at the end of it, being ready for that job interview. And for job interview, especially in Indians, a lot depends on the soft skills they have. So there is a large part on career services, which we do, where we train them on how to tackle themselves, how to present themselves, how to groom themselves, help them with a resume, tell them how to put the right projects in there help them with their LinkedIn profile, help them with mock interviews, so on and so forth. So we ensure that this guy is totally ready at the end of the day when he is facing that interview. Through the learning process, we ensure that he has got multiple mentors working with him from the perspective of learning experience, from the perspective of career. So this person is ready and raring to go. This is how we ensure that our learners are one notch up and be there get to crack that interview or go for that job which they are
2: looking at you know arjun i keep talking about the digital revolution and i say migrating to an online ecosystem is not a mere matter of just placing a webcam in front of the teacher right i mean who knows that better than you there's so much more that goes into it as a ceo what are you most proud of i mean what's something outstanding that Upgrad has achieved during this period of extraordinary challenge
0: yeah so as you rightly said, it's not a simple uh, process. Uh, you're basically telling individuals that what you have been doing for last 12 to 15 years, there's a better way to do it. Who will accept it that easily? What I am proud about uh, in this whole uh, migration piece is how well we have been able to convince people when we got an opportunity. And that opportunity was unfortunately the lockdown opportunity. Because at that point, because of lack of options, a lot of people would have never tried online came online and tried it now you have already seen how dye medicine companies came out at that time calling themselves online but like the way like the mushrooms which come up in the rain it also goes down immediately after the sun shines right that's the situation when someone comes in and tries out a platform if you are not going to give them a superlative experience They will think that, okay, great, this is giving me all options which I would have tried and I don't even have to move out from my couch. That's what will retain them. So I think that is what we did well. All the investment we did as a grad from 2014 helped us in doing that conversion. Literally, taking the example of MBA itself, what we have done with our platform is, We try to replicate every aspect of an MBA program, which gives a learner that outcome online. So MBA is just not about doing some classes, right? It's a lot about case study. It's a lot about group projects. It's a lot about working in teams and solving a case study. It is a lot about networking. Each of these aspects are replicated online on our platform. We have places where you can network with your peers. We have projects where they have to do it together, submit, and we have check process to check whether they all did it, <laughs> did it as a group. Otherwise, we reject it. So, this aspect, this small aspect, is actually what helps you well ground your make a well grounded individual profession at the end of MBA. And we were able to show it to a customer that you can do it all sitting in front of laptop at your home. So this helped us retaining our customers. The growth which you saw in the last few quarters is also because we have been able to convert that free customer into a paid customer by exposing them. So that's what I am most proud of, which gives me the confidence that in higher ed, this is not a change which will go back because everyone is busy and the value proposition is there for people to pick it up.
1: That's fabulous. Uh, you spoke on mushrooms and the edtech sector has actually been seen a lot of these mushrooms coming up. And the good thing is also that there are lots of acquisitions happening. And yeah. you've been, you know, part of that bandwagon as well, acquiring a lot of companies. Uh, you've acquired Knowledge Hut, which is now I hear I, I upgrade Knowledge Hut Impartis, yes. which has been uh, rechristened. Upgrad Campus, Recruit India, uh, and finally, you know, PGA that's now Upgrad Jeet, I think. Yes. Uh, I'd like you to talk about these MAs and also tell us how these acquisitions sort of help strengthen your core business and how does it all add up?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Ramesh, as earlier also, uh, as I mentioned, it is finally about providing upskilling and providing transitions. That's the only team we focus on. In case of uh, Upgrad, Upgrad does most of its programs as university partnership programs. And we do a lot of long-form programs because we are very clear that someone who comes to us will need time to work with us to upskill. What we saw as a trend is that it is no longer people who need time a longer tenure who is coming in and upskilling. There are also very good professional, highly proficient, who already knows a lot, who wants to come in and learn about a new skill today. And that's where we felt that the whole uh, domain of short courses in high tech, especially, is on a rise. Rather than building it all in house, we felt that Knowledge Hut provides that solution. So it is the same base of customer but depending on where that customer is at a skill level they can now pick either short or long form i have also seen cases where the customer transition journey is let me try out a short program first of all test it out ensure that this is working well for me and then take long form so that's also a journey i'm seeing automatically and that's something i will work on to create a product journey to move the customers from a knowledge head perspective to an upgrade perspective on a long term. I already mentioned about how we feel that universities as a stakeholder is very important in our ecosystem and providing services to them and giving them options to do hybridization of their course is important which is where Upgrad Campus comes in. Upgrad Campus does two streams of uh, uh, revenue or uh, two streams of businesses. One is the SaaS products which helps a university to go online digitize, and second is helping them create courses which are hybrid where our teachers and their teachers do half of it online and offline. So this allowed us to get into the engineering market which cannot be an online product. So engineering they run and the value-added services for engineering and the whole idea of bringing the practitioner's perspective is provided by us so that the students are totally skilled by the time they come for placements. There is also a segment of Indian population who does not want private jobs. They're still very clear that they want government jobs. And that is where Upgrad Jeet comes in. Upgrad Jeet is completely focused on upskilling them, helping them crack those examinations like bank PO, SBI clerk, so on and so forth, which will give them that transition. So this is how it may look like we trying to do too many things, but it is just one single vision and that one single objective which we are trying to do from different directions because the customer interest falls in that. Along with all this, uh, also we, are, uh, we have expanded our international business quite a bit. See, this again comes from our clear conviction that the current era we are sitting in is the era of India. Especially when it comes to ed tech. We have certain competencies which cannot be rivaled by anybody in the world. We have access to fantastic teachers at a cost which is unbelievable. I mean, you will not see such kind of math tech and English talent anywhere in the globe at this price point. We have access to great engineers who is able to build the stack from scratch. Earlier the problem was we only had service engineers but that is also sorted now. Okay, it is expensive and I think it's a short-term expensive problem but uh, it is not as expensive as hiring an engineer in the valley. And third, which a lot of people don't realize how important it is, we have access to some very good digital marketing talent. So sitting here, I can run the entire backend business of United States. Uh, I am seeing more and more universities open to tie up with me rather than going with the US player because they see the value add. They think that our learning experience is much more superior. They know that we can get the work done. So we are very clear that the next era is of India and hence our expansion abroad so we have offices in US UK and APAC now we we have built back uh, local teams to do the front end work but the back end happens from India so this is a model we are trying out There will be acquisitions in these uh, uh, international geographies also because we are very clear that that's where it is moving.
2: Super. I know you're a big cricket fan, Arjun. How important do you see sports campaigns, especially, you know, what we saw during the IPL? How important are those as part of your marketing strategy?
0: So, Rishi, cricket is the largest religion in India, right? It has got the highest followers, Uh, So, there is no marquee property with the kind of reach and um, exposure like an IPL. Unfortunately, T 20 did not live up to the expectations. But that's what sport is all about, right? (laughs) A 1,200 crore star business finally was all relying on Afghanistan. (laughs) They could have actually gone and taken care of the economy with that kind of money. But yeah, that's... uh, Uh, That's what, so I I think IPL and these uh, campaigns will continue to be uh, a very important part in brand building. Uh, Two reasons where I see, one is uh, if you want to launch your brand or if you want to make a statement done, which has to be seen by a large part of this country, there is no other option. This is the option to go in. So that part uh, will make it continuously an option for all the marketers. But one caveat I would put there is that uh, the property is going to be important, but I think the channel which was always seen as default is changing today. Uh, It is no longer all TV. A lot of consumption of this content happens online today you know that uh, your uh, radio shows also during that time has to speak cricket because that's what uh, everyone wants to hear that. So, the channel has become quite... Different. Uh, it is no longer all TV, but these properties are going to be very, very important for any marketers in the future also.
1: So staying with the uh, marketing campaigns, tell us about your uh, Rahum ambitious campaign. What is the story there? There's a, a lot of nostalgia associated <laughs> with it. And, you know, it's a very powerful tool like cricket yeah. is used. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. also nostalgia by marketers so so tell us about yeah. it
0: so raho ambitious was uh, quite an old campaign uh so see one part which we have realized uh, or at that time what the trend at that time was that we saw that upskilling was taken by people who are ambitious uh the the whole going up in the career ladder Those were restricted to some individual who were ambitious. So at that point, it was an idea which could relate them to going to the next level. But what has happened with our campaigns over a period of time is that we have also metamorphosized. We have also moved into more mainstream because we have seen that upskilling, uh, learning new things, wanting to go up is no longer restricted to a few geeks or some few guys who can be seen as ambitious. Today, it is a pertinent problem. Everyone wants to go up in life. I mean, think about uh, our parents, the number of companies they would have worked, all their life will be one, right? These days, average year a person spends in a company is 2.1 years. So it's a mainstream phenomenon today. And hence, education is very closely related to this whole thing, which is where from a Reho Ambitious, which was about talking to a small set of people, we moved into a, a positioning which was more mainstream, where we said that, Sirf naam ki nahi ki Because we kept on hearing from the individuals that degree is a term which are, is used for any course which is useful in India. We say that if you come and take us, there will be some use out of it. And what is that use? It is comfy. (laughs) There is a job that could be possibly at the end of. So it was more about, at that time, about creating the awareness about Upgrad as a mainstream brand and also awareness about online learning as a mainstream thing. I mean associating a word like degrees to online suddenly makes it very very mainstream so that's what the second phase was third phase if you look at it which we are building now is more about the value propositions of upgrade where we are now saying that okay now everyone knows about online the awareness has gone to another level let us now talk about how differentiated this will be so top universities flexible learning top placements Top outcomes. So that was also the metamorphosis or the or the journey which the brand took, which uh, I think is one of the things we did right and which has helped in growing online learning itself on the higher ed space.
2: Arjun, from a teacher to the CEO of Upgrad, it sounds like a really, really, truly exhilarating journey. I'd like you to elaborate on the path that actually led you here, the trajectory
0: sure <laughs> yeah it's been an interesting journey <laughs> so uh, so this all started when I met by Ravindran, CEO of by at that time he was a teacher he was uh, going from place to place taking classes for cats so I was a cat student and he had this habit of recruiting his students who had passion and then telling them that why don't you also take classes <laughs> so I fundamentally was a person who liked to take classes I uh, I liked uh, was to working with students learning with them learning uh, helping them learn so on and So forth. So that's how it started. It was more of the fact that I loved this out of my passion, and hence I did it. We did that for a couple of years, and we saw huge business growth. At that time, we used to run profitable business, (laughs) unlike when you get funding. So what we and also there was always this growth mindset, right? We saw that this was growing well. We saw that everyone seems to be identifying this as an need. They were getting outcomes. And we say, and nobody used to ask us any doubts also. So we said, that okay, doesn't seem like uh, we need to be there in class. And that's where the whole transition to online happened. We started shooting videos and we started putting it in tabs. And that's where the whole understanding that you can teach and you can give outcomes like that. Uh, my background after my MBA uh, has been sales and marketing. So this was sort of a part-time gig for me from the beginning. Uh, I was always in the industry and uh, post my MBA, I did. I joined TAS, Tata Administrative Services and there, with multiple Tata companies, I did sales and marketing. So when Baidu's got Series A, And uh, I joined because that was the time when the company could, what should I say, uh, really uh, afford people like us. Till that time, it was a part-time gig. So when I came on board, it was about sales and marketing. So it was about building out the marketing system and the sales system because finally every new company, sales is what is most important here to sell. That is when sustainability comes. So that's what I did. So along with my teaching job or, or teaching gig, this is what I did. I felt that um, because I was so close to my consumer all the time, it kind of gave me a, gave me a style of functioning where I only, only, and only always listen to the customer, which helped me make the right decision. Because finally, that's what it is, right? And yeah, and then when the business grow, you are you take up new things, and uh, somehow I reached here. This is what it is.
1: <laughs> that's a fabulous story, actually. Uh, and, and let's just get to the way forward. Uh, the edtech space is very crowded, uh, and it seems to be getting even more crowded. I'm sure uh, listening to you, every ambitious teacher will want to become an entrepreneur and a uh, CEO as well. Uh, so, so what are your what what sets you guys apart? And and going forward in the future, what do you think are those pillars that will make you differentiate yourself from everybody else?
0: Yeah. So, Ramesh, you are absolutely right. It's a it's a pretty crowded space now, and uh, yeah. as a result of which, the cost of marketing, cost of sales, everything is on uptick. But I think that this is a short-term thing because uh, the kind of investment which is required to stand out in this market is not small, right? people think that uh, doing online education is about putting a webcam there or doing it on a zoom session that's that's not how it works it's it requires a lot of discipline building ideas to it it requires ways to really handhold a person make him interested and then make him successful so it's not easy it is an expensive investment so in a, in case of upgrade from 2015 to 2019 before we started marketing out the only focus the company did was developing the platform it's almost a hundred crore investment platform which is the reason why the experience is so differentiated right so i think uh, that's been one of the things that there is so much of understanding of the consumer there is so much of our alumni base who still pitches for us as a result of which there is a lot of brand upgrade created very different from the marketing upgrade but more from a Uh, alumni and the positive word of mouth which has gone around so that i think will differentiate us second is as an organization we're extremely customer focused we keep trying to understand what the customer is thinking will think and where he will go and this has helped us build out features before even the market can market starting to think about it Uh, I think, I mean, like, it gives us a short-term advantage because we are the first one to do that. But quickly, others in the market picks up. So, the only way you can do it is you have to keep on innovating out. So, that's how I think we will win this game, um, hands-on, over a period of time.
2: (laughs) I'd actually like you to throw some names now, yeah? Can we talk about Upgrad's roster of leading Indian and global universities? You referred from an umbrella point of view, but I'm talking about actually naming those universities, please.
0: Sure. So we literally, so one good part about this whole things going to online is that every IIT and IIM is ready to work with online platforms like this. So we have partners, some of the best names in the country, IIT Madras, IIT Bombay, IIT Delhi, IAM Code. We work with IIIT Bangalore, which is a leading player in data science and machine learning in the country, literally launched it. We work with Micah from a marketing perspective. And from an international universities, we work with a lot of top-tier US universities. We work with University of Arizona we work with University of Maryland College that's where Sergio O'Brien is from people won't know the university but people know the alum we work with Duke University in UK we work with uh, LBS Liverpool John Moore University so yeah so these are some of the marquee names what we try to do is we try to understand a course or a skill set the customer or the learner is looking at then we try to find who is the best fit university for that so we have been lucky so far that we have been able to get some great names Uh, some of them uh, who were little known inside India but as part of our sustained campaign we have been able to build a brand over a period of time one example is Deakin top university in Australia not many people knew it in India but over a period of time we have been able to build a brand around that so this is the uh, mechanism we have been using it's been quite successful for us and that's what we are looking forward to
1: Great. Those are some really marquee names. Uh, let's get to the fun part. Some lifestyle questions that, uh, you know, before we sort of wrap up, uh, what kind of music do you listen to and, and what's on your playlist right now? Also, any uh, music concerts you've attended or you know, during your student days or recently before the pandemic or some stuff that you really enjoyed?
0: Yeah, so I'm not a music person at all. (laughs) So I am more into books than music. (laughs) So I prefer uh, that. Yeah, but I I, I like to listen slow melody music, but that's not... I won't call it a hobby, hobby. It's once in a while.
2: Okay, let's quickly then transition to a book. (laughs) (laughs) Since you said music is not it, so I imagine even concerts is not something that excites you.
0: That's right. A book
2: book that has made or left an impact
0: on you. Yeah, so this is... uh, So I... Primarily, like any other kid who does good in math in school, right? I chose engineering. So I went to NIT Calicut. So, and in NIT Calicut, uh, so when I moved hostel, typically we have to clean our room. Whoever leaves it doesn't do anything, right? So, while cleaning my hostel room for the first day, I got a book from the attic. It was a half torn book. It was a biography of a guy called Lee Ikoka. He used to uh, be the MD of Ford. So, because I was curious, I started reading that book. So, that book was the first one which created interest in management for me. That book is what made me think that maybe I should do an MBA. Because it really talks about a person like me. Studious, started a corporate job and how he transitioned into business and became successful. So I would say one book which have changed a few things in me has been this. And ever since then I have got interested in autobiography. So I read a lot of autobiography or third-party biography of people which gives me a perspective of how businesses came in and how problems were solved, so on and so forth.
2: I have to say this about Iyer I mean, uh, even I read it at a very early stage of my life, perhaps when I was in college. And it gave us not only a perspective of him, but also about the car manufacturing industry in Detroit. Detroit, I mean, how did yeah. such a hub? Yeah. And you know, they did what they did during the glory years. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was a brilliant book. So whenever I get an opportunity to gift youngsters, I still give them this book. I think it can be. I mean, it can be. It's a great journey, in my view.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it was an amongst the earlier books, earliest books that we all read. I mean, uh, what about uh, a sport other than cricket? Of course, you've already mentioned cricket. Now, is there yeah. anything else that so, you watch other than cricket? So,
0: I, not as common as cricket, but yeah, I do watch uh, soccer and uh, a bit of tennis. Uh, I been so I'm from Kerala, so soccer has been in our blood. <laughs> we were more of, uh, well, I mean, like World Cup and the country soccer people. <laughs> Club soccer is not something which I've been very interested on. But I, I make it a point to go watch a match uh, every World Cup. So, that's one of the few hobbies I still have.
2: Nice. That's interesting. Uh, a favorite vacation spot and why do you love going there?
0: So, my favorite vacation spot is my hometown, which is Kandur. <laughs> it's a small town in Kerala. I love going there because, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's a, it's a coastal town uh, and it's a nice place to be in. Uh, and I get to be with my parents and <laughs> get to live all those old memories, which I love to go back to. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. <laughs> a business leader you find inspirational other than, of course, Lee Aikoka, you said you mentioned it. Oh, oh, you've been impressed by.
0: So a lot of people. Uh, I've been very lucky to work with a lot of great people, be it by you or Ronnie and have uh, got an opportunity to interact with them closely, take their help. So a lot of them, uh, one of the specific names, uh, uh, if I need to take is Aditya Puri. I'm very, very impressed at the way uh, HDFC Bank was built out from nothing. And uh, I mean you can find so few examples of a company growing uh, growing by at least 20% quarter on quarter for 30 st- straight quarters. I mean, how do people do that? So that's been one of the things which, uh, which uh, I am very impressed with. He's one person whom I try to emulate.
2: wonderful Uh, Arjun I have to say this you will always be special to us being the first ever CEO from the EdTech sector on the show it's just great to see a business leader who is as driven and
1: passionate as you are Ramesh Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, one word I'll remember is transitions. I mean, I didn't, I never used it this way. But yeah, now I'll start using it this way. And, and the, really the fact that you're driving deep learning in the real world, not just, you know, at the K-12 level, by creating original content that you're offering learners uh, sort of a hyper personalized one stop solution. Well done. man! I think uh, all, all, all luck to you and your team.
0: Thank you thanks ramesh thanks vishi fantastic talking to you guys uh yeah hope you guys had a good time <laughs> listening to the story
2: loved it loved it so ramesh i like that there are higher learning options that give us the full flexibility to study at our own pace
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely we all thought at our you know in, in our lives that we had to go to an IIT IM on campus and then sort of get through but yeah I guess uh, you can study at your own pace and get employed by uh, blue chip organizations and that's not a bad plan at all
2: not a bad plan at all <laughs> nice one thanks for tuning in guys make sure you keep listening to some great radio and podcasts. please build that habit like we tell you every
1: week And come back next week for another super episode.
2: Yes, Minding My Business, the CEO story. Shall be back with another captain of the industry who's been a pathbreaker. Remember, you can catch us on 94.3 Radio 1 on FM Radio and on HD Smartcast in podcast form over all major streaming platforms. This is a Radio 1 production. So till next week, it's a bye from me, Rishi K. And me,
1: Ramesh Menon.
0: This was A Radio on Production, brought to you by HT Smartcast.
2: HT SmartCast.